This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. In five. Check for sound. Four. It's showtime. Three. Let's two, go. One. Thanks to Rode Microphones and Harlan Hogan's VoiceOverEssentials.com, the home of the Portabooth Pro. This is the Pro Audio Suite podcast with Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post Chicago. Darren Robbo Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging Sydney. From LA, George the Tech Whitam, the Tech to the VO Stars, and me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Talk about hands across the ocean, we are certainly uh, straddling the planet with this episode. Um, we are in LA, Chicago, Sydney, out of Melbourne, uh, Chessington and Windsor. Uh, we have from Imaging Blueprint a couple of special guests, Tom Cross and Adam Burgess. Hello guys. How's it doing? We're doing well. Under the circumstances, um, we're all kind of huddled at home, and I wonder if it's got anything to do with COVID-19. We should be at the pub or something. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm on house arrest. That's my issue. (laughs) (laughs) I won't take this damn ankle bracelet off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm just used to working from home. This is like, you know, operation normal for me. I mean, other than not being able to go out to eat restaurants and things, I I feel rather at home at home. It Absolutely, just, yeah. A lot of a lot of friends saying, "Oh gosh, I'm at home. It's, this is awful. I'm bored already." It's like, well, you need to grow some. We've been doing this for over ten years. So, so yeah, I've exactly. not been bored. <laughs> I've not been bored one iota. <laughs> so, guys, uh, give us a background on Imaging Blueprint. How did it start? What's it all about? Wow. Yeah. How do we answer that? Um, it grew out of the need for something to do. No, it didn't. It, um, <laughs> Being imaging guys for radio stations and having used a lot of the the products that were available to us uh, at that time, it was always something we I guess we kind of had on the back burner. Uh, we had this idea of a service, and um, and yeah, it, it it was really kind of joining the dots and and coming out with something that would work in the CHR format that hadn't strictly been done before which is very hard when you think about it because most bases are are, are covered um so it was it was taking a, a slant on that really um and uh and we sort of came up with this artist focused idea and uh, using the artists that are that are on the, the playlist of you know 99 of most chr um radio stations and that's our language it, it is the one sort of language that spans the globe. I mean, music is, but uh, certainly within our world. Jargon alert. What is CHR for the for the uninitiated? What is CHR? Contemporary hit radio. So Pop radio. Top 40 radio. Yeah, top 40. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was very much a, well, what, what's, yeah, what is our language? Well, it's, if you've got Katy Perry and Lady Gaga and, you know, those sort of acts they are going to be on a radio station whether it be la new york london sydney uh paris they're playing those records so um, that was our kind of take on it really in a very basic way um and then it was putting it together and finding a a partnership that would work with us uh which we found in premier networks uh, based out of los angeles and we took it from there so to George's point, for the uninitiated, uh, right now would probably be a good time for us to play a quick demo of some of your work. Got anything come to mind? Should we say, I mean, the one that, was, that we did yesterday for um, the, the work from home, Tom? 
Yeah, that's probably a very good one, especially with the times right now. Yeah, I'd say that one. Okay, let's play that. Uh, so, so that was a, a just a sort of an element that we used as a, a work from home ID. It was an ID or used as top of the bed. But as you can see, what we've done there is we've taken acapellas from various artists. So there's, I think, was a bit of Britney in there, a little bit of Rihanna, um, and we've uh, we tuned these artists, these acapellas, to the bed that you can hear uh, to to create the sentence and the message. So, you know, a, a lot of these services use. Uh, a script a VO to, to string these bits and pieces together. And we do have that on as a, our, our demo station is, is Z100 in New York. Um, but where possible, it's, um, it is all artist focused. That's, that's the commonality. That's the voice that you hear. You're, uh, you're with those artists. The idea behind that is then any client, any station can use that as well, because a voiceover has to be replicated locally where these audio samples can be used by any station. It's really quite amazing. I mean, uh, it's it's a great way of combining some of the modern pop production methods, like a DJ even, into a way of producing imaging. It's really cool. It- it's, really it's also very rhythmic and uh, yeah, very very musical. Uh, the service is very musical. So you don't you don't sell the elements. You sell the the complete package, and then the client can then you know brand it to their own radio station. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we supply all the elements broken down as well. So if there's just one particular flavour they like in the piece, they can take that and then re uh, remix that and, and 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 reconstruct it in the way that they like. How different? Th- how things have changed. I can still remember, and I'm sure you do, Robbo, when uh, you know your production guy would rock into the studio with a pile of records and start dropping <laughs> dropping pieces down onto tape and you know doing basically a live mix using turntables yeah it's uh it was it's a, it's a long long remove from th- from those days um i was going to ask the question i've had because i've actually had a listen through the library because a client of mine is thinking about using it um my question is you're very clever with the acapella grabs that you're using do you keep a database of song lyrics and just go search that when you're looking for something surely it's not all in your head oh that song yeah oh, we could take that or whatever that's 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 the bit that intrigues me as a imaging producer bit of both. so we do chop up a lot of acapellas so when we get hold of them we'll go through them listen to the lyrics and clip bits and label it all so everything's in a folder kind of ready to go yeah, nice. so if we're making some imaging you just search for the word you want and we normally find an acapella grab that's got that bit in it ready yeah. to go or if you hear it, if we listen to the radio, we hear a song and then we go, oh, we haven't used that lyric yet. We do that a lot. We'll send yeah. we'll send pictures back and forth of, you know, the, the text on the radio that says, you know, whatever song it is. And if it's a, whether it be Valentine's Day or uh, whatever topical element or a uh, common word like hits or whatever, it's, uh, if, I, if I'm driving, I'll try and precariously get the phone out and <laughs> take a picture and send it to Tom. This will, this will come in great for the next blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of works like yeah. that as well. After pulling over, of course. Of course, yeah. of course. Now, I'm assuming you guys uh, use Pro Tools, or do you use another DAW? Both on Pro Tools. Adam also uses Logic as well. Yeah, the the construction is for all the imaging um, and, and the team, the wider team that, that we have as well is, is all Pro Tools based and it's, um, it makes things very easy to, to, to share ideas and, and sessions and whatnot. I purely use Logic uh, for things like um, sound design, really. I will, I will take various elements and put it into Logic and do, do a couple of things that maybe Pro Tools doesn't do quite so well. I was going to ask, what, what is it that you find Logic is, um, is, fits the bill better than Pro Tools for? Um, I quite like its MIDI functionality, um, oh, sure. 
and um, it's it's a little bit more intuitive with some of that stuff. I'll I'll always go into it, but then once I've done what I want to do, whatever that might be, I'll then come back out and the main mix and, and master will be done on Pro Tools. So yeah. it's, it's it's the in-between guy, really. Yeah, the automation in Pro Tools is great and the MIDI is yeah, still catching up yeah, at yeah, best. Yeah. We're just so comfortable on Pro Tools. We've both used it since 2002. So it's it's just, you know, it's second nature to us now. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though, because Logic is uh, it's much more popular in Europe than it is pretty well everywhere else. Is that correct? Yes, I always thought I always thought Cubase was more popular in Europe than even Logic. Like yeah, probably. Cubendo. Yeah, yeah. It's it's surprising. I think I think Pro Tools is probably still the number one for most places. Um, a lot of guys still use uh, Adobe Audition or Cool Edit, um, as it was back when we first looked at it. Cool yeah. Edit. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, it, it's still Thanks around. To Peter Quizgard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I mean, I have clients that use uh, Logic, and sometimes the reason they're using it isn't simply because it's the best tool, it's because, you know, they have an Apple computer, so they buy the Apple program. Um, sure, sure. And it's also bang for the buck if you are producing extremely high-value program. Is it still only $200, I believe? It's like $200 yeah. and comes with a whole Absolutely. pile of samples and all it's kinds insane. of stuff. Yeah. One, one thing yeah. that's funny, we, we were talking with somebody who, on a Macintosh, was running a v- Windows VM so that they could run... Adobe Audition 1.5. <laughs> and I'm thinking to That's myself... That's got to be 20 years old now. Yeah, yeah I think to myself, just go get Reaper. Like, what do you... Like, yeah. I understand you don't want to spend any money, maybe, but... Uh, <laughs> and Reaper's doing the business, what I hear. It's meant to be some... Reaper's pretty, serious. Pretty good. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish I, I had the time Reaper. to actually have a more in-depth look at it, but um, yeah. I don't think I, I do, sadly. There's a fellow online called The Booth Junkie, and he really is kind of voiceover-centric, but he does... a heck of a good job giving you a whole setup process for Reaper, kind of getting around it, wrapping your brain around it. I hear you can uh, really uh, map it out to, to any door that you're, um, you've been yeah, used yeah, to. Yeah, you can skin it, you can skin it, and you can change the key commands, and then it just does things that other DAWs don't do, like like record straight out the plugin chain, right onto mm. the track. You don't have to bust things around to capture them. Yeah, there's a, a friend of ours that works for his own production company called Noise Fusion, a guy called Ben Needle, who's a very talented producer, and uh, he's on Reaper, and he's he's lethal with that thing. The stuff he does is fantastic. It's uh, a yeah, good it's thing. And so small and lightweight. Like, mm, yeah. Reaper like, launches like, boom. It's like an 18 meg yeah. download. Oh, really? <laughs> and, that, and that goes that goes to show you how efficiently it's meg. programmed. Yeah, yeah. In fact, if you want to find out more about Reaper, I know that Vin of his podcast, Doorbench, uh, interviewed the guy that built Reaper. Uh, oh, it's very, right. very, very techy. Check but, that out. Uh, if you can handle the tech, it'll be. It's an interesting listen for yeah. sure. It's probably it's probably the heaviest episode of our show we've ever done too. The one we did with Vin. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yeah. We did a yes. door special. It was like no geez. Anyway, well, that yeah. and the video game composer, the guy that does video game. Uh, yeah, that was, that was deep. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Brian Schmidt. I think I missed all those. Yeah, you probably did. Yeah, I think you did. Go back and have yeah. a listen. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, you were there, Robert, I remember. Yeah, I think was you I? were. Anyway. Yes, I was, yeah. Back, back to I, the actually, topic. I think I came in late. <laughs> actually, you did too, you're right. Back yeah. to the topic at hand. Uh, this, the stuff that I've had to listen to of yours is production-wise sounds simple, but when you break it down, there's a lot of intricate stuff going on, like under your the vocal hooks that you were talking about just before, there's a lot of layering and stuff like that. Does it take you a while to put all this gear together? It can do, yeah, that's for sure, Con Adam. I think it depends on uh, the idea we have, first of all, 
and getting that out of our head onto Pro Tools, into Pro Tools, and then you know sometimes they just click and stuff will just tune beautifully. It's 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 easy. Sometimes I know Adam, the piece we played earlier, Adam spent a long time making that. Yeah, um, that was about five hours, I think. And um, it's, but it, it's uh, there's a lot of trial and error as well that will go into a lot of these things. So you hear the finished piece and you think, well, hang on, he's only gone from point A to point B, but actually I've gone from. I've gone all over the roadmap, maybe, to get to that point. I go, no, that, well, that doesn't work. No, I don't like that idea. And, you know, maybe I come back to the beginning or something else happens. So it's it's never a linear thing mo- most of the time. Um, there will always be those aspects that, you know, pieces of production that are more linear. You can get fairly creative with something like a branded intro, but at the same time, you know that for us, we want to have the artist hook, we want to have an artist drop, a station name, a strap line, um, you know, and they must go in a certain order. And around that, you can kind of do what you will within yeah. within reason it, it varies but underneath all that stuff that i guess what i was getting at was there's a lot of other stuff going on like there's a lot of vocoders and delays and all sorts of things happening underneath all that too though isn't there absolutely yeah i say going back to, to the idea we played a couple of minutes ago again that's probably got i think with the, with the different tuned elements probably nine or ten different layers on that vocal um which i i'll process and stem and then are you, are get you the mix tuning on with and auto-tune or what do you tune with christ uh, loads of different stuff all of them, um, all of them, all of them absolutely all of them, yeah um the, the the go-to is actually waves tune it's fantastic and it kind of gives that really nice hard everyone kind of still says t-pain and i guess that's the easiest way to, to to describe it but you can very much get that hard tuned sound from that Sometimes Melodyne, we do have that. Waves have just released a fantastic plugin. I, know. Called I was just O-Vox. about to mention that multi mod. Is that the one yeah. you're talking about? No, it's Ovox. Ovox. It's phenomenal. Ah. It, it's very yeah. good. It's like the a closest, synthesizer, right? It is, That's yeah. It. yeah. Um, the closest to it was before was uh, Vocal Sense. Vocal Sense. That's right, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is very good in its own. Yeah. It is. Is that included in the Mercury bundle? I don't know. I don't we bought know. it separately yeah. as, yeah. a, as a new thing. So I recommend that's very good to get that kind of sound beforehand. Either vocal synth would take it a lot of tweaking, or I would run, uh, I would sidechain a soft synth through Morphoda and uh, and utilize it that way. Okay. Um, but Ovox straight out the out the box is is very good. Yeah, there's 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 just so many good presets to start with to get a sound, like a desired sound, and then you can tweak from there. So it's. It's exceptional. The other one's Antares EFX too. We do love that one. And the, the new version of that, which came out last year, is a, a significant improvement on the one before, which is fairly simple, but it just tunes stuff. to. You can really force it to tune to the notes you want so simply. It's it's really good plugin. Do you, do you find that you're graphically tuning a lot, like in, in, the, in the tools? Or are you more defining a key and letting it do its thing and then picking up the bits that didn't quite work graphically? Um, well, going back to that ID again, I actually, uh, I took the bed that, that we used as the top and bed there. Um, and I stuck it in a different session and I, <laughs> I, I used myself as a guide vocal. So I sang over it, uh, which you'll never hear. Um, but, but it was just a case of, yes, we will. <laughs> it was a case of getting that groove and what I wanted it to do. So, you know, as you thought the wake, wake up from home and I'm not going to sing it, but I, I, I did it until I got a groove and I'm like, that's what I like. So I took that, that take and, um, and then I hard tuned the samples 
while using myself as a as a as a template basically that's one way of working we don't always do it like that but um to answer your question on that way round uh, no it wasn't a case of just pushing a couple of the notes back into place it was hitting a, a melody that i wanted it to hit right okay. so you're really warping the outer edges of what the software and tuning capabilities are maybe yeah. <laughs> and also we will we will try and keep things yeah that we will try and keep things within within a few semitones or within a few keys that are relative that will work with the, the with the source key of the sample because mm. otherwise it will start sounding mm. yeah. Um, yeah it's not clear it's, it's right. not clarity yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, well, not, not, it's not so much share this, this the message is not coming through you're you're warping on and distorting the voice too much yeah. from its original message yeah i mean tom creates these fantastic mashups um which he, which he uses as top of hours and uh, i mean i mean he'll explain in more detail but there is a rule of thumb that we like to use that we won't stretch anything we won't time squash too much maybe sort of three or four bpm either way because we hear a lot of this stuff on on a lot of services and things and 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 you can't really tell what that hit song is anymore because it's it's pushed <laughs> yeah. so far from its natural key yeah. and um and so we really try to keep an eye on that and to um because ultimately the listener needs to know what they're hearing what they're listening to so there's no point playing a, a Dua Lipa and a Lady Gaga when they all sound like chipmunks and yeah. no one well, knows what those men. records are <laughs> well unless, so unless it well, is yeah. the chipmunks I mean you can you could slow it down and make it sound normal <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> that's creepy as hell you've ever done that yeah, yeah I've done <laughs> can yeah. I go a different direction briefly you don't have to go deep into this but how do you handle the licensing of all this source material well, we are um, we're covered by the radio stations that we work for. So, um, oh, okay. So if that's uh, convenient. So uh, if a, uh, internet or whoever else says, "Oh, can we have the service?" Well, no, you can't because you don't. You're not necessarily going to fill out your your over here your PRS forms or your APRA or whatever it might be. Um, so we're we're locked down. Only only the radio stations with with their licensing can um, can utilize these bits. Yeah, and everything that we sample, we also provide all the performance details to the writers of the tracks, the record labels, and this and the special um, like library numbers that are associated with that track. So everything can be logged by the radio station. Everything they, is there. Everything broadcast. is very transparent. We yeah. Um, right. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're very, very we're I mean, absolutely we're very hot on that. It's got to go yeah. to the right people. Mm. It's only fair if it's our music being used by someone else. We'd expect the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's it's interesting the way imaging has gone, just hearing you guys talk and thinking about the way I have to work as well these days. Imaging has very much gone from back in the 80s and 90s to get a sound, get a voiceover, get a music bed and chuck it under it, to now recreating music, aren't we? I mean, it's, you've gone from, you've, you're almost, you need, well, you certainly need to understand music to make good radio imaging these days. Would you agree with that? I think it helps. And there's a lot of tools out there that, that can help um, imaging guys in the push them in the direction of a of a a more musical how would you describe it tom um it's it's giving you it's like um like tips and hints it's kind of one program we use is called mixed in key which is fantastic program which will tell you essentially the bpm of the track and the key it's in it saves time for me and i'm having to work it out so we can probably tell within a, a range of what it's going to be from listening to it the pitch of it but when you were dealing with so many tracks, you just want to use a database that's going to tell you all this information. And they have now have got a plugin that you can utilize inside Pro Source as well. So you can, you're going through your track and you can see where it's changing um, 
changing keys and going between relative keys and back to the source key. And it's a fantastic uh, piece of software. Uh, but I think having all those tips and guides to your hand quickly now, especially with YouTube as well, it's a lot easier. You don't have to be musically trained anymore. I think Tom's right. And um, and certainly with with the, the speed to a certain extent in which we you know we want to produce stuff at um you know we have a fantastic musical director uh whose whose nickname is small pool and um he's a real talent uh and uh there's a there's a story to that why he's called that but we won't go into it because um, <laughs> he's really and, big uh, yeah he's huge no he's really not um but um <laughs> yeah. Huge, yeah massive socks yeah um <laughs> And and he's one of those uh, sickingly talented people that you can play him a bit of a song and they go, oh, that's an F minor. And yeah, right. sit down he, and he start doesn't playing sound like it. That. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's that's yeah. my daughter. Yeah, and, and he'll pick up most instruments and just play them. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. sickening. Um, my daughter, you can mash ten keys on the piano and she'll tell you which ten you hit all at once. Wow. God, I wish I could do that, but I'm sadly not that talented. Yeah, wrong generation. <laughs> So it sounds yeah, like yeah. you guys work to a bit of a formula then. Do you, is, am I right in saying that um, Tom's doing all the imaging work in inverted commas in terms of top, top of hours and stuff? And Adam, it sounds like you're doing more of the vocal sort of stuff and then you've got someone else doing your music. Is it's a bit more shared than that, yeah. It is, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess if you were to generalise, uh, you look at the, the three of us as, as kind of the core directors, you've got Tom that's will probably do a higher percentage of imaging than than I do. You've got Small, who will do uh, predominantly music beds and bits and pieces. Yeah, and, then I, too. and then I'll do all the sound design. But we can all do bits of what everyone else can do. So we can share. It's, it's not an issue, but I, I guess we have our, our skill sets, our strengths that we like to work to. And as long as we find those things enjoyable, then um, long may that continue. Are you guys all working from your own places or do you go to a studio in town? Oh, right now they don't, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's true, yes. <laughs> well, Normally. Yeah, now we're under house arrest. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we have our, our own um, home studios um, with some pretty fantastic equipment. So, in it. so do you use the, uh, the, the cloud collaboration in Pro Tools? No, we don't. don't. Actually, no. We've just got an FTP that we, we've uh, bung uh, sessions, sessions on. on. Yeah, yeah. Zip, zip them up and chuck them on there, yeah. We, we got both got really fast upload speeds, so I can share a gig session with Adam in half an hour. Well, we can speed that up for you. Ha ha ha. Come on, yeah. big plug. Let's go. Yes, we yeah, have, they have a tool for that. Yeah, so yeah. Zip will take your Pro Tools session, smash it down to maybe five or ten times smaller, uh, yeah. reopen it. it. Pro Tools has no idea that the the unique identifiers and the metadata changed, and off you go. You work. If there's new uh, files created, you just return the Pro Tools file and the new files to the other guy, and he continues working. Wow. That's very clever. What's the cost? What's the catch? Uh, $48. <laughs> wow. Yeah, cool. There you go. Very That's not bad, yeah. actually. Okay. Now, would you like and that back or, or would you like show. to wear it? <laughs> <laughs> this episode sponsored by... Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca. So both myself and Adam, yeah, we have home studios. Um, we've since have acquired a lot more gear over the last few years, haven't we, Adam? <laughs> we have. I just think um, it's an interesting way of working. It's, it's something that we're pretty used to by now. Um, but also... Um, it slashes the cost of overheads as well. Um, yeah. You you can do it now, and um, we don't need a necessarily a central London pad. We've got all the equipment we need here. The uh, you know session singers that we use for various elements or jingles can come in. Um, 
we've got great studios. So, um, and we do yeah. have a studio down in Brighton. So this is where Small Paul, our, our music guy, he's based down there. He has a studio in the centre. So we can, if we want to do jingles and uh, voice sessions with a person on site, we can go and record down there. Is he, is he in one of the big complexes there? Because I know that David Courtney uh, has got a setup down there. Leo Sayers, co-writer. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it could well be. <laughs> yeah, interesting. He's uh, right in the centre. There's a there's a few um, a few studio complexes down there. So it's a very kind of arty, creative town, <laughs> which it um, never used to be. Which is kind of bizarre how it's turned out. You know, mm. I mean, even Nick Cave lives there. Ah, oh, so, yeah. There's one thing that jumped out on my website, and that is one of your services that you call Vocal Processor, and it yes. caught my attention because I kind of do that. Maybe not ultra creatively, but I do that for tons of voice actors. So you're basically, are you making, well, explain it. I, I want to know what that is because I think that sounds really cool. Okay. So we have a, uh, the users can upload a, a voiceover clip um, up to 100 megabytes and choose from a range of presets. So I think it's about 10 presets and they will get an email sent to them with a download link um, and they that's it. The voice is processed, ready to go for them to chuck over a piece of music or whatever uh-huh. they want. So George gives it away, but they keep it. That's sophisticated. Make you pay each time. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what's, um, what's really important to us, and it's, it's something that we've, we've really said from, from day one, is we're not here to replace a talented imaging producer. Um, you know, it's where we cut our teeth. It, it was our bread and butter it is our bread and butter and um it's a little bit sad that a lot of it is going very automated and i i do understand why so we really wanted to find this middle ground where we could um we could service our clients properly but not do away with the creative link in the chain so instead of putting maybe your voice straight into the mix or you know have a click a button here's your finished piece put it on air it's kind of the next best thing so you can still take your files do what you will with them and take your processed vo files and then you know if, if you're not maybe you're a, a program director of uh, a network of 10 radio small radio stations but you can use adobe well you can take these and you can move them around like lego bricks and you can still do your basic mix and stuff so it's it's kind of that halfway house i guess i can probably demonstrate that a little bit in the way that singapore i work with them because they do some of their imaging on site and i do some so with an imaging blueprint license, I will more than likely just use sounds and, as they talked about, bits and pieces that they've broken down to make my own imaging. But the guys in Singapore who are time poor, they'll grab a completed piece, as Adam was just talking, or the guys were just talking about, and just stick a voiceover on it and use it that way. So that's the beauty of a library like Imaging Blueprint is that it even though there's a couple of people working on it, it suits me the way I want to work and the way I work and, and the way I cre- custom create stuff. But then for the guy on the ground in Singapore who's making 30 commercials and then the program director walks in and says, oh, by the way, I need this, this, this and this as well, it makes his life a little easier as well. So um, it's very clever. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. is. Well, that's, that's exactly what Lovely we compliment. wanted it to be. Is that's, that's exactly it, Robbo, is, is, is trying to keep people on both sides happy because um, me and Adam have been the producer at the radio station as well and we would never use something that's 
um, ready to go, put our voiceover on because we want to make it ourselves. We want to be proud of something we've made. You don't always have the time, of course, but we'd still reconstruct and, and make something ourselves a lot quicker than just putting a voiceover on, on a piece that's already been put together. So yeah, it's, it was kind of making sure everyone's happy that way. Getting you back to the fact that you're working from your own studios and stuff, it's quite fortuitous under the current climate. Hopefully you're listening to it while yes. the uh, COVID-19 is still going and not a year or two in, a f- in the future, <laughs> wondering what the hell we're talking about, <laughs> But uh, if we're all still alive, that is. But um, did you find it difficult when you first set up at home that people actually took you seriously? Um, not so much at taking us... We're, we're fortunate that... Um, I say fortunate, we've, we've worked very hard, but we, we both have... Um, and small included, we have a, a pedigree. Um, so with the brands that we've worked for, whether it be Kiss or Capital, and you know, and also Tom had spent five years in in New Zealand as head of production. So there was a um, there was a certain pedigree that we went into this with. Um, we weren't just sort of trying to chance it, um, and we had a, a proper game plan, you know, a, a business plan uh, mapped out of, of what we wanted to achieve. And um, and then I spent. Um, the best part of a month in Los Angeles back in 2012, 2012, 2011, with an ex-girlfriend of mine, funnily enough. And um, I I just made sure very politely that I was in front of the right people at, at Premiere and, um, and I, to present this business plan. Um, and we've struck up this wonderful friendship with um, uh, the, the, the lady that, looks after us out there uh, tanya is a is a wonderful friend of ours and um fantastic lady and uh yeah we sort of um we kind of took it from there the reason i say that is because um and it's obviously a different um different discipline but being a voiceover character based in australia having a studio at home nobody really took it too seriously there's a couple of factors because, as I say, with, with the pedigree, with with the fact that you know you both Tom and I and, and Small have, have worked for these these big, very well known radio stations, these big brands, and then coupled with the fact that we're represented by Premier, which is obviously a subsidiary of, of, of iHeart, um, you know that that just gives you a, a sort of a, a, a grounding um, because all of a sudden you're linked with these big names, um, and then. You, you kind of throw on on top of the fact that actually we have these home studios. Yes, we might be working in a home studio, and it's you know not maybe the perception of a of a, a, a complex or what have you. But I can hand on heart say the stuff I've got here is vastly superior to any radio station I've ever worked in because this is this is our business. We invest in this, and. Some of the, some of the equipment I've used in the past twenty years has not been that great. Um, so yeah, it's the a computers case of, always died, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> they just didn't have the the capabilities. Really, it's um, some of the, the equipment was a bit poor. Uh, so you know, and, and we continue to reinvest in this stuff. So if something new comes out, if we believe that we need it for the role for the job, then we'll get it. So, so what do you have your eye on? Future stuff. Yeah. Um, Top secret. No, not nothing. Nothing's overly top secret. It's all pretty much, you know. It's just the big thing sense. for us was we both we both wanted to get. We we're waiting for Apple to bring out the next Pro model for a long time um, after the, the dustbin, and they didn't really d- decide to do anything. And then finally, they bought out the iMac Pro uh, beginning of 2018, 2019 was it? I think. Um, anyway, when they whenever they announced it, me and Adam said, "Right, that's it. 
we're going to go for one of those. So we both got iMac Pros when they finally came out, and we we went for the the top spec on that. So they're both running 18, 18, 18 cores, cores or whatever. It's ridiculous. With, um, 128 gig of RAM. So we've kind of got these machines that can do way too much for Pro Tools right now. <laughs> so we've, we've, we've pretty much future-proofed ourselves there, I think, hopefully, anyway. I'm curious to find out if you, if you have any outboard gear, and if so, what have you got? We're both running the uh, Apollo, Apollo uh, um, Quad, the UAD. XE. It's the, uh, the Quad, yeah, the Firewire one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Which is daisy chained into um, one of the one of the satellites that they do. Yes, we've got um, a lot of the satellites for additional additional um, chips. So we're both running up to 12, uh, 12 chips of UAD plugins. What's the plugin? I mean, because a lot of the UAD plugins are sort of like here's another EQ from nineteen seventy two. And <laughs> um, what's what's special about those things, except for their sound? Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, but. Um, is it so much about the sound, or is it more about the sound being heavy-handed? Um, it's it's a funny one because I I, I don't want to go for something just because. Hey, Led Zeppelin used this EQ, and it's an emulation <laughs> of this. But that doesn't really interest me too much. What does interest me is um, the characteristics of that sound. Not that it happens to be used on maybe a classic rock record or something like that from forty years ago. Um, there are certain emulations that it does that you know the waves do do these emulations that the ssl stuff and other bits and pieces but there are certain things that these emulations through the oad do which are that bit nicer so we're looking at you know you can learn to mix and you can do all these big things and change sounds drastically and then you get to a point where you're just looking to change maybe five percent you're just looking for something that will that is that much nicer than the last one you used or has a different characteristic to it uh, i hope i explained so, that so, well. so so it is that legendary sound quality of the it, absolutely UAD plugins, yeah, yeah. not the creative aspect of them which not obviously so waves has a much broader set in, in a sense of creative sound design tools the uad plugins are much more of utility processors and known things um, but they have yeah, that stamp there are still there are still wave staples that i'll use because or that we will use that that um that are fine they're absolutely great and they 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 do the job um so i i, I guess what i'm saying is we're not pro uh, plug-in snobs um you know if it genuinely is good then great and we'll use that um but if if a plug-in that's half its price is is just as good then Yippee. Yeah, I was talking to, actually, I'm trying to think, I was just talking to a, in all this frenzy, a, a guy who was mixing, um, I'll, I'll just say some extremely big stuff, and I asked him, are you using UA? And he said no, and I'm trying to think what he said he's using, and it's not Flux, um, God, I'll try, to, I'll try to dig it up while we're chatting here, but it begins with an F, and he said it's a pig on the processor, but he said it has every bit the sound. <laughs> Or better. Oh, is even. this one of the uh, one of those, those fattener things? The the um, is it a dynamics thing or is it? What's, oh, it's what's... a whole suite. It's a company that makes a whole suite oh, of okay. plugins, and and they're not light on the CPU, but they're native based. But he felt that you know, in in the world of that extra five percent, two percent difference, these guys were there with great. UA, but they were a hundred percent native. Okay, that's great. I'll, I'll find them. Back in the day, we used to use uh, the TC plugins. They used to have a, mm -hmm. a power core that you could run through Firewire, right. and they had the so the the TC yeah, the fi um, the finalizer, finalizer yeah. which was a, a beautiful piece of hardware. You could run the the plugin version of that. Um, it's funny, I never liked that. 
Did you know? Okay. I found it, it harsh. I liked. It was harsh. I yes. liked MDT by Sync. Uh, like M, uh, Synchro Arts had a multi-band compressor that I thought was much better and had a different interface. But I always found the finalizer to be just bitey or something. I can't uh, harsh. Is I don't know. But oh, is this the the the, uh, the the hardware, or the software version? The software. I, software I never really version. used okay. the hardware. But the the X three or something like that, I think they had. Yes, that's yeah, the, the X three and the X five. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the hardware. Me and Adam both had in our studio from the start of our career, uh, so we were used to that sound. Uh, but it was yeah, it was a it was a very loud. Mastered Do you sound. know what? It would be very interesting to 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 go back uh, and listen to that now. With you know, we're always improving, and uh, I haven't heard that plugin now for probably the best part of. Ten years, ten, yeah. yeah. Ten years, However, yeah. yeah. So actually, I might listen to it now and go, "Christ, I was using that." I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but my point was, we we were using outboard gear like that back then, um, just to see what else we could get um, apart from the standard waves plugins back then. So yeah, when when we had the option to get the Apollo quads, we was like, "Yep, yeah, let's go for this." And Adam, as Adam says, the the characteristics of those plugins are fantastic, alongside Waves Isotope and all the other ones that we use as well. Have yeah, you have you seen the system from uh, DSP uh, from uh, Mick DSP? Yeah, we've got those. Yeah, oh, you the various, do the analog yeah. boxes. What's the stuff that we've got? The um, AM, yeah, the, the AM sixteen or something. Was it, what we've they? got the they're the green ones. They're the green ones, aren't they? Yeah, the, the various EQs and stuff. I haven't well, touched well, them for well, a long well, those time. Those are those are plugins and digital. But he he made a rack box. Oh, I see. With a no. whole crap load of transistors, and then you just start making analog processors, coding them in software and they load it up it loads up in this analog box it goes out of your DAW analog back in or sorry it goes out of your DAW digital and back in but the whole box is a hundred percent analog oh wow it's pretty cool looking what's yeah. the name of that let's, let's i think it's the am16 is it or something okay. like that because it's like the number of voices it has here i'll find yeah, it everybody's googling one, like crazy well the thing i saw pop up the other day from waves was uh i mentioned earlier multi-mod uh, have you yes, seen that seen a few yeah, of that yeah. yeah yeah it's the latest one yeah and it's like yeah. crazy crazy sounds out of that thing yeah I mean, it's the am16 it's just wait. a single rack space rack space box analog processor with digital plugins kind of like you know how summit at one time came out with a analog eq that was controlled by a plugin and there's a couple i, I think better makers another one there's a there's a few fringe companies that make an analog box that has a plugin so you can recall it and automate it but he took it one step further because now you can just create analog stuff like you no solder iron necessary <laughs> To check that out. Yeah, yeah sounds yeah. good. Absolutely. The the other plugin we love is the um, Isotope RX7 series. They, mm -hmm. uh, we use that every single day. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was telling the boys the other day about the music rebalance. How yeah, uh, similarly to you guys, if uh, I sort of I'm trying to incorporate vocal hooks in my stuff, and I can't believe how it's gone from you know a, a mad YouTube search to try and find it to these days just being able to stick a plugin over and you know basically remix. Mm the audio that you're sticking in there that's incredible so now talking about gear um what sort of mics and stuff have you got preamps and mics do you use anything special we well, just got a new mic didn't we adam so you, the one you're talking yeah on. i've got a, a lovely uh, sennheiser here um the 416 yeah. which is it's, it's uh, yeah it's uh, <laughs> uh see, that's how i say it uh, it's a shotgun mic here it's great um so um but we're, you know we're not voiceovers 
so yeah. it's nice to have a nice mic um sort of going back to your um your outboard stuff i have a it, sadly it's not produced anymore but i have a, a access virus ti keyboard which i've now had for about 15 years and i love this piece of kit this thing can make some really ungodly noises which is fantastic for sound design how does it compare uh, to that old plugin yeah but i, I don't think was, we ever used that did we Adam, no we didn't plug-in? so i couldn't tell you in all honesty <laughs> but it's it's very nice to have something to it's nice get to be able to on. tweak get mm. hands on with it and mm. really um have a, have a proper play around and this to say this thing's 15 years old now but it's um and sadly, it did have a, a, a like we were talking about earlier. It did have a, an interface that you could install through your DAW, which they've um, they dropped the support for now, which is a shame. Oh. So um, the only way I can do it now is just 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 put it through uh, with jacks and just record the the raw audio for sound design. It's fine. Um, I wouldn't want to now compose music with it having not having that feature. But um, did did yeah, you ever use Nord keyboards? They, they, yes, I've used yeah. yeah some good stuff. I just I, I use a few of those things. I've always come back to the TI. I just find it more flexible than um, than the other bits and pieces that were around at the time. Yeah, our, our music guy, Small Paul, we mentioned earlier, he has a Nord uh, Stage Three, which he uses a lot of uh, a lot for uh, our logo service we do, and also for music beds. I've got a keyboard here, and I, I can't even remember what it is because it's my daughter's, but it's uh, that's a Juno eighties. Juno 60, maybe? What was the, the, the one keyboard that was Yamaha did? That, uh, so many DX7? big... That's the, the, the DX7, that's the one. Oh. So many hits were written on that with, yeah. with its sounds. Fantastic keyboard. Or, or the one rack space box that had like eight DX7s and like a three rack space box. And yeah, I'd love was... to get hold of a, an old DX7 working. Yeah. Well, they, they remade the DX7 in a plug-in, one of those companies, like the full FM synth. Oh, it's the Arturia. Arturia, that's the one. Yeah, they did that stuff. I want the real thing. I want to touch it. <laughs> I want to play with it properly. Well, the DX7, I mean, that thing had an LCD screen, like, it was, what, 16 characters on two lines or something? I mean, wow. See, I think that's what uh, some AC jingles should be written on. To sound like they're part of the time. What's yeah. funny is I used to have a a um, and Sonic SQ1 sequencer, and you don't have all the features, but I could probably run circles and in certain initially making stuff faster than going into Logic or anything else. Just my cousin had that man buttons to put. He loved that thing. It is they made such <laughs> made a good so hardware sequencer. Yes, I loved yeah. it. Was, yeah, uh, good company. Yeah. Pennsylvania based company. Yeah, and then, actually. And then uh, Sound Blaster bought them. And then it went like. Rest in peace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let me throw this out that actually then, talking about older sounds and stuff. Is there a sound, is there, is there sounds that you will avoid? Like for me, the old speak and spell I, nine, <laughs> and all that sort of shit. I just, I, I don't want to touch that. Is there stuff out there like that that you will stay away from now? Simpsons clips. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, we don't want to sound like we're in the 90s. Um, but then again, that might have its place. Uh, it'd yeah. be interesting to see if it's 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 the one. We've kind of talked about this on a geeky level, but you've got all of these, as we were just saying, these AC radio stations that, were, that played the music that were huge in the 80s or the 90s or whatever it might be. It would be so fascinating to hear one of those radio stations really branded 
like they were back then with clips and with those keyboards that and that's not really been done on i'm sure someone's done it somewhere but not on a on a proper large scale but to really recreate that era that would be fantastic yeah so so what do you guys use for not not so much synth but do, do you guys use a lot of drum and and things like that like percussion is it also um like what 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 modules and um, anything from uh, we we have the contact contact yeah. native instruments. Yeah. You know, do, do you uh, use any of the superior drummer type? Like, do it for you. Like, here's a pattern. Like, if the pattern works, I say I, we you don't want to be snobs about these things. If if it's a great pattern and it works, then yeah, great. If not, then we'll chop things around. We'll. It's a lot of one shot stuff. Uh, the vengeance stuff is good. The, the kicks and the snares are really hard for for some edm stuff um anything and everything it's i, I don't think we, we pigeonhole ourselves into this is the the plugin that we use for drums or whatever and i know but just just what do you like you know it just depends on what we're doing doesn't it so uh, some of the stuff like for our, a branded intro for a track if it's like a vocal start so we have to rebuild the front um the our music guy small paul would rebuild the drums so he'd listen to the track and try and find similar drum drum sounds and then recreate the pattern. Mm. So then we can essentially bolt that on the front and then add layers to it. Uh, so for the, in that so in that instance, it wouldn't be a loop. It'd have to be right. individual played. drums. And, yeah, yeah, played, yeah. But uh, over the years, we have made a lot of uh, beat loops. So, so on, on the library, we have, um, I think, over 900 beat loops now. So in some imaging, I will just take a beat loop. Um, if it, I want to use it in a, I don't know, in a, like a concert promo, I'll, I'll take a beat loop from that. So that's been, that's that works for what I'm doing. I won't recreate it. This it's already been done. Mm. In that circumstance, it's not necessary. The vocal versions of stuff that you're using, vocal only, are you getting provided those, or do you go find those? Do you make them yourselves? A combination of all of the above. Uh, sometimes, obviously, we'll we'll create them with the uh, RX7. Uh, sometimes we'll, we can get them from the record label. Sometimes we'll get them from an affiliate. There, there is no One hard stage. and fast yeah, route. Yeah. No, no. Of you can also, in, if you have the instrumental, you can sometimes invert the track and. Um, and then you got the inverted acapella, and then run that through RX7 to clean it up even more. Mm. Um, and then it, you, it's normally Wait, usable. Go over that again. You 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 just phase so invert, in, Yes, invert invert. You have to have a, a good instrumental track of the track that you're yeah, trying. Yeah, so to... you need the official instrumental, which hasn't been pitched or anything, and then line that up to the to the waveform exact, like as zoomed ah. in as far as you can possibly go. Right, right, right. And then um, yeah, you invert that the signal. And then, that, and then and uh, then and then like isotope picks up the reverb tail and maybe stuff like that or something yeah you can to... de-reverb it or you can run it through rx7 again the music rebalance parts and it just cleans it up so it gets rid of more background noise more bleed that's that come through from some of the drums so that comes up and... all the time for me i um I'll, I'll be working with commercial clients and they'll be searching for music and they might want to consider certain tracks but they don't even know that they want to approach an artist uh to see if they want to use the track until they try it. And so then often what we do is just like go find a karaoke version. It's hard to find the instrumental of it, but needing to, you know, and, and this goes back long before um, things like center and the music rebalance, but trying to find ways of getting non-vocal versions of things, even just for ad agencies to kick around and try out and before they go official and go pay $300,000 to you know, use a track. Um, but yeah, that, that does come up in other areas. That's interesting. 
See how good we've got it, guys. You two over there in London. I mean, 300K just for an advertising agency to use one track. You, you and I work with them every day and we don't pay a thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not paying the 300k. That's no, sure. no, I'm not saying that. No, but agency-wise, there you go. Yeah, someone's no, got deep pockets. Yep, that's right. Yeah, a lot, a lot of that stuff is um, is harder to get hold of these days. I know that. So we have to uh, do a lot of asking and looking around. Yeah. Asking and digging. But but it also <laughs> seems these days it's standard practice to make an instrumental version, whereas you go far enough back and sometimes there just isn't an instrumental version. For instance, another thing I used to do is there's a restaurant here called Applebee's. And many years ago, they had a campaign where they just would take every song that had any slight lyric that had anything to do with food, or maybe Mm -hmm. like takes two because they have a pair of entrees or something. And, you know, we'd have to mangle this song into 30 seconds and get the lyric to show up where the editor wanted it to, because that was the shot of the food. And usually you were working with just flat everything every now and then, you know, you'd get the the multi-track, you know, you even dump it from a two-inch or, or you'd get it dumped for you. But so many times, it, like, you were just working with minimal elements because these things are old or they never made a vocal or a no-vocal version. A lot of the older stuff, sort of going back into the 80s, you could find more bits and pieces if you were to search for the vinyl. So yeah. you get, the, like, the, the 12-inch versions of them, and a lot of them would have a... You know, like maybe a B side or something ah, that uh, for for mixing, and and they'd have you know however many bars before it would go into the radio edit of the song or whatever. So, um, you know, a, a lot of the disco orientated stuff, the Madonna tracks and bits and pieces of that, that you can. There are elements that you could use for that stuff, um, but you're right. Yes, yeah, so nowadays they just seem to widely allow usage of of, of the instrumentals that, that put yeah, them out. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they even have splits like full up. Yeah, like the drums. reason for that is, is it's additional income as well for the labels and the artists. They they want TV and advertising to use their instrumentals because they can make a lot of money from from royalties. Yeah, yeah. And, and the yeah, DJ culture and, and stuff like that. I think and it's so good. easy, whereas it used to be a lot of a lot more work to lay all that out, you know. And now it's like, oh, just export that, or if you need that later, we can just open it up. In the days of, you know, recall was it took three hours to recall an SSL. <laughs> or whatever <laughs> the funny thing is when you get an instrumental and it's got a bleed of the artist's vocal in it still and you think what engineer did this that's right <laughs> exactly who the hell was working on this exactly but I think the point you made about DJs is an interesting one too because I mean you know the money that they, they can be make off of having a hit but then also a DJ as you say sort of taking that instrumental and reworking it into something else that then goes on to become a hit that seems to be happening more and more regularly too right exactly yeah. Yeah, I remember very famously, again, we're going back a little bit now, but when uh, Jay-Z originally said that he was going to retire, he, he put out um, the Black Album and he um, he put out an a cappella version of that because he wanted it to really go into the clubs and places like that and, and to see how creative people would get with that stuff. And I think it works the same way with, with instrumentals as well, to see what you're going to mix it with, how you're going to layer it, what vocals you can put on it. Um, yeah, it's... Um, it's, it's a fairly big business, I guess. Yeah, you'll find artists leak their own stuff and um, put it online and just see it spread just for that reason, for DJs to remix it, wannabe producers remix it. Yeah, let it go yeah. viral, yeah, and become a bigger hit. You look at all kinds of social media now with TikTok and other platforms, trying to, uh, you, artists trying to use those to get a load more attraction uh, and yeah, this is just another way of doing it. Yeah, the one that we were a bit dubious about recently was... Um, 
because with us for Imaging Blueprint, we um, we're we're always um, trying to be first with new music and branding it, so our, our, our clients can can get it on air and own the song. And um, was it, I think it was last week or the week before, I said to Tom, "Oh, I've just seen a, a tweet from Ellie Goulding, and she's really annoyed that." her latest single's been leaked and we did a bit of digging and it hadn't been leaked at all it was the artwork that was leaked I'm thinking why are you getting your knickers in a twist over just the artwork and I I can only imagine that you know maybe it was just a way of of talking about the new single before it was yeah you know yeah, it, it yeah. was released yeah, exactly yep um, more attention. Maybe that's yeah. just the cynical, <laughs> cynical no, I side think you're, of you. I think um, you're spot on there. I think you yeah, are. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, Same with Lady Gaga as well, because her song got leaked in January and only came out probably, what, a month ago now. Mm. And she was complaining about people stealing her art and stuff. And in the tweet, she had used a picture um, that had a, a license, essentially. She just stolen a picture and put that in her tweet <laughs> and didn't have license to use that picture, that image. <laughs> So the irony of her message. Yes. <laughs> but it's all talkability, isn't it? And exactly, we are talking yeah. about it now on a podcast, so hey, it's working. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's it works right, a treat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, where, are we, where do we point people who are interested in imaging blueprint services, fellas? Go to the website, send us an email, uh, well, get in contact with Premier Networks. Yep. Imagingblueprint.com. Give us all the details. Oh, wow. Really plug away. Tom, go, go plug away. <laughs> go, this is your 30-second plug frenzy. <laughs> yeah. okay start the clock so imagingblueprint.com you can also find us on soundcloud forward slash imaging dash blueprint we're on twitter at uh, i underscore blueprint facebook adam what's the facebook address probably just imaging blueprint, just imaging blueprint yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah most most people get in touch via the website uh, that's how people kind of ask for trials and ask questions about imaging and just yeah we're, we're always keen to have a chat about imaging because uh, we love it we're yeah imaging out with us yeah yeah well i'd say it's a service i would highly recommend as a someone who's been imaging radio stations for 30 years i think you guys have really sort of for your, the chr side of things anyway have absolutely nailed it as a service i think it's great it's very kind of you to say yes and also if you're going to work on this uh, 80s revival do it before i turn 80 <laughs> or if you're going to work on an 80s revival can i can i work on that with you i would love to do that only there was enough hours in the day <laughs> <laughs> i've still got all the sounds from the 80s i've still got all the cd's locked away somewhere we could pull those out and rework them cd what's that yes i know <laughs> Exactly. That's how old I am. I'm not saying any more. It's actually short for COVID-19. How very topical. They knew all the way back then. Bastards. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Anyway, what do you mean? You've got plenty of time now because you're not going anywhere. Well, that just means that people are listening to the radio more and watching more media. It just means the topic of your imaging goes from music to COVID-19. If I hear one more sweeper that says, for those stuck at home, here's a song just for you, I'm going to go crazy, I think. Tell you what, Paul Hardcastle might be uh, being dug out of the record library and uh, used for a promo or two with the number 19. Oh, dear. Oh, That's why you don't do oh, imaging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this show was mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging, edited by Andrew Peters, using Rode microphones and Source Connect Now. Tech support from George the Tech Whittem and supported by Harlan Hogan's voiceoveressentials.com, the home of the Portabooth Pro. Yeah.